We are Marquette. 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 We Well, my name is Florence Greenhill. Uh, a lot of people on campus know me as Flory Greenhill. And right now I'm the transfer advisor in the Office of Undergraduate Admissions. Uh, I've been at the university for almost 17 years and have kind of been in various different departments on campus. So I have a lot of experience on campus with all of the different people everywhere. I've had a very non-traditional path to begin with, all the way from when I graduated from high school. Uh, so I going back. I went to UWM. I went to the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee straight out of high school and was very, very confused about what I wanted to do with my career. Uh, I, th I thought I wanted to be a teacher. Uh, at that time, teacher salaries were so low that I didn't know how I was going to be able to support myself and my son on a teacher salary. So I thought I wanted to be a nurse for a while. Went to UWM for two and a half years. Could not figure out what I wanted to do and took some time off. Uh, took about six years off. And had looked, was I, I was working as a receptionist at a real estate development company. This was when uh, employment opportunities were still in the newspaper. And uh, saw that uh, Mark, as a Marquette employee that you could go to school for free. And decided that that was how I was going to finish my undergraduate degree. And applied and applied and applied until I got my foot in the door and finished my undergraduate degree in 2005. And at that point, new and I'm very much a lifelong learner like I love learning new information I love just adding knowledge to my kind of adding just adding knowledge period and was trying to figure out what I wanted to get my graduate degree in then and started in a leadership studies through the college of professional studies doing a master's degree in that I was doing really, really well until I took a negotiations class and realized I never want to be a negotiator, not ever. <laughs> like, not ever. I don't, I, I couldn't, I'm just, that's not in me. It's just not a part of who I am. And it was, that was one of the required classes. And so that kind of deterred me from that program where I was like, yeah, I don't, that's not what I want to do. So took a little bit of time off, actually started a graduate degree program at UWM wasn't getting from that what I really was looking for and took some more time off in kind of that period of time. I, I have a seven-year-old now um, and she's gotten old enough that it's made it easier for me to go back to school even though it is still a struggle considering she's seven. She asks me every every class like is this your last class yet? And I'm like no I saw some more class. So it was it was really that like my kids have become independent enough. My seven-year-old is easy enough to go to class for a couple hours and knowing that there's no way that um, I could spend 17 years at Marquette University and not have at least a master's degree. And, and really, I genuinely am interested in pursuing a PhD eventually. I probably will take a little bit of a break once I finish this. Um, I'm kind of sick of hearing myself talk Ultimately, that's really what I'd like to, how I'd like to finish. I still remember when I finished my degree, um, I sent my boss, the, bo the, the person who hired me in the College Business Center, a thank you card, and just told her, like, 
I would not have had this opportunity had you not taken a chance and hired me. So I really, really appreciated that. And I really appreciate Marquette providing me that opportunity. And not just me, but my kids too, you know. So I, I think that it's, it's it's something that is, as a parent, it's priceless. Like you can't put any amount of money on on the opportunity that you're provided just you know, it and it really it makes you feel appreciated as an employee, you know, and, and keeps you motivated to work as hard as you possibly can when you come to work, you know. So there are moments where I would rather be anywhere else but class. Like I would I would anywhere else I could be playing Picturica with my seven year old or watching a basketball game for my son or, you know, call, FaceTiming my daughter on Santa Clara. There are just so many other things that you would rather be doing. But it, I, the fact that I've put it off for this long is really what's pushing me like, no, we're going to we're going to get this done this time. But this is where it really started is me wanting to do research about biracial identity and kind of the lack of the lack of information that was available to me as a child or as as a young person and learning through my experiences with college students the different the different things that we have in common that I think are not really talked about so I am intensely interested in doing research on biracial individuals I I think that my my PhD if I do pursue it will be more focused on biracial males and bi- biracial males born to a Caucasian father and a non-Caucasian mother, and the the way that identity is formed in that particular uh, type of dynamic. And because I know that's what I really want to study in my classes, uh, even in so in the advanced qualitative methods class, I did uh, my entire research project on um, the show Blackish and biracial identity in the show Blackish. And then when I moved into the research methods class this spring, I, I did my research uh, project on myself. So that was where the autoethnography came from. And a lot of the background that I had from my the research that I did in the advanced qualitative methods class, it helped inform this research that I was doing of myself as a biracial uh, woman who grew up in Milwaukee with a Caucasian mother. In terms of biracial identity, as so I, I, I'll be 42 in September. So just to kind of give some frame of reference on how long I've been around, there was a very clear turn of events, I would say somewhere around when I was 25, 26. And I don't know, I, I, this is something that I would love to research as well. I don't know if it's because I became an adult and people felt more comfortable talking to me about it or if because socially it was less taboo to be a child of mixed race or to have parents with that were of different races. Um, but there was definitely a point where I can remember specifically people just ask me, what are you? Constantly, what are you? And this was something that I discussed in my paper this spring too is that, like Meghan Markle had said, when people ask me, what am I? I say, I'm an author. I say, I'm an actress. I say, but that's not what people are looking for. They're looking for, what is your ethnic identity? Where, What race are you? Um, and so I think that, yeah, things have changed. And I can remember watching TV and thinking, nobody on TV looks like me. 
And that's also something that I discussed in my paper as well is just how seeing how visual representation helps to form your your personal identity as well. And so I, I would say the just from my own experience and having children between the ages of seven and 23, there are a lot more multiracial kids now than there was when I was in high school. Like I also went to a Catholic predominantly white high school. So it was there were a lot less racial minorities altogether. But I think that the the fact that there are a lot more multiracial people, it, it's important that multiracial people are seeing themselves in media, in um, politics, in just everywhere in society. And so it, it is. It, on a regular basis, I do think to myself, like, wow, it's really cool to be able to see people who I can identify with and who I know um, are having a similar experience to what I had. And and even in just reading articles that listening to Barack Obama talk about his personal experience, listening to Meghan Markle talk about her personal experience. I mean, you can go on Jesse Williams. Like there are so many people that they say the, th- the same thing that I lived. And it's just very reassuring to me to think like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not alone. Like there are other people out here having the same experience that I had. And, and again, going back to working in EOP, working with students, talking with them about their experience. These students are saying the exact same thing, that, you know, as a biracial person, you're not really fitting in one space or another. You're in this, like, gray area, but people love to kind of identify you, and so an identity is projected on you that you might not even know, you know, and that's where the what are you comes from. I could tell you the number of times people speak Spanish to me. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not Spanish. <laughs> but it's it's just one of those things that we do as people, right? That we try to kind of identify where, what box do you fit in? It does lend itself to this idea of checking a box, right? So my my seven-year-old, so I am, my mom is German and Swiss and my father is African-American. Her father is half Lithuanian and half Papua New Guinean. So he's Pacific Islander. So she's everything. I mean, not everything, but a lot of things. If you ask her, she'll tell you she's everything. But I was getting ready to sign her up for kindergarten. It's an online application. And it was one of those, you check a box, but it wouldn't let you check more than one box. And it wouldn't let you go through unless you checked one box. So it wasn't, and there was no other. There was no other. It was just um, Native American white, Hispanic, African-American, or Asian. Those were the options. And so I was sitting at the computer, puzzled and kind of disturbed. Like, I have no idea. I can't pick more than one, and she's definitely more than one. So she would have been three turning four at this point, which would make DJ would have been 19 turning 20. And he walked in and saw me, like, looking at the computer. Mom, what's wrong? Like, I have to pick. I have to pick one race for your sister. And if I had to pick one, she's mostly white. And and he, like, giggled and said, huh, but she's definitely not white. And I was like, exactly, you know. So it's one of those things where I, I in my own experience, since I was a child and I'm old enough to remember – um, I think that society or like forms and just things have gotten much better. Um, 
even though that was just, that would have been 2014 when that happened. But overall, just with providing people options to identify themselves the way that they want to identify. And I always felt in my life like I was being forced to pick side kind of like I had to pick do I do I pick my mom or do I pick my dad and that's not fair to do to a young person it's not fair really to do to anybody to say like you're going to deny a whole part of who you are simply for the purpose of this form it's gotten a lot better where you know either there's an other that you can choose which also is is kind of jarring right when you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to have, I have to check other, I'm, I'm not really identified here, but still gives you the option, at least you get to pick something. Or most forms, I think now give you the option to pick more than one, which is very, very, it's nice to be able to say like, yeah, no, this is, this is exactly who I am. And I, and I, I can understand, I think the flip side of it too, how it can become problematic when you have people that sometimes people identify themselves in ways that they might not be, you know, it, it, there's a gray area. And I think that with you know, federal, like with funding and and just different kind of census type things, there's a need for accuracy. But I mean, it, it, it's just a very gray area for sure. And And I think that the important thing to remember is that we have to talk about things. And I, th- it can be uncomfortable to talk about. And I think that's why we're having as much of the trouble that we're having right now is because so much of this is uncomfortable conversation. It's like anything, right? In adult life, most of the things that make us squirm and are uncomfortable are hard to talk about, but they're necessary conversations. And so I think you you kind of have to look at it that same way where it's like, well, yeah, this is uncomfortable, but it's uncomfortable for a reason. And we're all, we're mature adults. Like we have, we have to talk about it. We have to talk about it. And that's the only way that you can work through it. That doesn't even necessarily guarantee that there will be a solution, but at least in, in talking about it, you're working through it and you're hearing other perspectives and other points of view, which is really, really important. So I was a volleyball player. That was my thing. Like I decided I am going to be a volleyball player and I have my team and these are the people that I'm going to like gravitate towards. But, and this is not, this is what I'm talking about. Like in talking with college students, other biracial females go through the exact same thing where it's like, no, I don't feel like I fit anywhere. I feel like I'm in this, this gray area, this space where it's just hard and and it's something that again like until you hear other people talking about it and I think that that's part of why I loved doing the work that I did so much because it was like it's very it just feel it's legitimizing in a way where you're you feel like you're having all these thoughts in your head and then when you hear somebody else say it like no I had that same experience it's like oh okay and this is these again these are 18 19 20 21 year olds that are like oh, I'm not imagining this. And I'm like, no, you're not imagining it. It's some, This is very real. This is a very real thing. That, that's why I think I will always work in higher education. And it's not anything that I ever thought of. That, And that's the other thing, like even in talking with, with students when they're like, I don't know what I want to major in. I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. I don't, neither did I. You have all of these experiences in your life that lead you in a direction that in high school, you're told over and over and over again, you need to figure out what you want to be when you grow up. You need to figure out what you want to go to college for. You need to figure out, figure it out, figure it out. And I think that the work we do here is kind of, it. it's undoing a lot of that. It's like, 
leave yourself open to these experiences like go to class you'll connect with a professor you'll connect with another student you'll you'll have something will hit you that will make you realize like no this is what i i was supposed to do and it might be t completely unexpected and and really that's the situation i'm in right now like i would have never thought that i would be working in higher education uh, i i thought I, I education sure like i thought i was going to be an algebra teacher but it was working as a secretary at Marquette, helping a student that I realized, like, no, this is what I, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I even remember at one point I thought that I needed to get into politics because I wanted to change people's lives. Like, I wanted to, to help people. I wanted to do th something that would change people's lives. And I tell people at least once a week, probably, how fortunate I feel to work in higher education because you do you every life like you, I change people's lives every day every time I talk with a college student and, and you think about just kind of the snowball effect that when I'm helping them and they're going out and they're doing all the work that they're doing um, and just the number of people that I have connected with or the number of people who I've just met since 2001 it, it's it's really amazing and it's not something that you think about and it's not really anything that I think about until I have my older kids out at Target or out for dinner, out anywhere in the city of Milwaukee. And I I know somebody. And my kids are like, is this why it takes you so long to go grocery shopping? And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of why. Because I I know, like, you just meet people and you collect people over time. So it's, it's just really cool. I, it's just a really cool experience. And I just feel very, very, very fortunate to, to be here.